The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash LOL. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash LOL. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. All right, everybody, welcome. It is currently Tuesday. It's February 20th at about 4.45 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we are coming off of a double dog day in the LPL on Tuesday morning. It's been a little bit since we've had one of these. Um, I I guess we'll just start with Fun Plus LNG. Fun Plus, honestly, Fun Plus probably should have 2-0'd this series. Uh, they were up significantly in Game 1. I believe I'm going to actually get the numbers for you one second here. They were up significantly in game one. I think they were up like, let's see. They were up 1,600 at 15, which is like right on the border of significant. Um, LNG were able to close some of that gap. Honestly, like for large swaths of this game, FPX looked like they were fully in control. I thought they had a better scaling setup as well, although it was a little bit more difficult to execute than LNG's setup was. Um, they ended up like, at one point, around the 25-minute mark, this game was like 7-6. to six, And we had a plus 9.5 kills. And LNG ended up just like not giving up a kill the rest of the game. And there ended up being like three more big fights. They closed the game like 19-8. to eight. I'm sorry, they gave up like two more kills. My bad. Whatever. I can't do the arithmetic. Um, yeah, I, this was an infuriating one. Holding the map one kill spread in this was just super frustrating because... <laughs> You know, it was seven to six. It looked like FPX had a good chance to win this outright, and they ended up like throwing, not not like a huge throw, but like LNG just outmaneuvered them and didn't close the game and ended up covering the nine and a half, which was frustrating. Or eight and a half, I think it was. Sorry. Funny thing is though, like FPX actually came back and won this series outright. The second game was pretty close to the third game was not. The third game was a complete blowout from FPX, where Karen Milky Way just went bananas. Um, FPX. I don't know, starting to deliver a little bit on on the uh, higher expectations I had for them. That said, keep in mind this was, you know, a big favorite coming off of a break, and we've been backing the dogs coming out of the new year. Um, that extra prep time helps the underdogs more than it helps the big favorites does. It, it helps create more parity and kind of compresses the overall team ratings. So I think that's uh, maybe part of what we saw here. LNG looked really, really sluggish. I You know, I still think this team's eventually going to figure it out, but... So far this season, they've been, like, really, really inconsistent. I haven't really liked their macro at all, and they're not really leveraging the individual player quality that they have so far. But And, and you know, we're getting toward, like, the halfway point of the season now where, like, maybe this is just who they are, and maybe I'm wrong, and they're just not going to be a good team. They're just going to be a middling team. So I guess we'll find out, but something to keep an eye on there. The next one we had was just absolutely insane. So Invictus with uh, – Leon now joining the party. You know, I figured, like I mentioned yesterday, I thought this was an upgrade for them, but I didn't think, you know, it's tough to tell how something's going to be right away, like in the first, um, like in the first game for a new player. Like sometimes you get a bump, sometimes it's just, it takes a little while for them to get used to. Invicta's gaming just completely destroyed Billy Billy in this series. Like these games were not close. Um, I guess like the first game was for like maybe 15 minutes, but once it turned the corner, Invictus just turned the corner and smashed this game. Uh, and then game two was not close at all. So, I mean, the, these were literally the two best game grades for Invictus all season. Um, 
relative to themselves. Um, actually, they were relative to the league as well. Like these were literally the two best games from Invictus we've seen all season. Um, just yeah, I it, I keep saying it like these these long these like week or week and a half long breaks like Lunar New Year we see this effect every single year where you just see like even the best teams just for whatever reason like it it just it's not even that the best teams get worse or rusty or worse or rusty sometimes that happens but mostly it's just that the underdogs get a week to specifically prepare one thing for one team and the dogs usually just look better and the dogs have been barking so far this week so the even even if you look back to yesterday like EDG probably should have won that game FPX probably should have 2-0'd here too so we almost had a double dog 2-0 I don't even want to know. Actually, I can. I'm not going to do it on air here, but like the parlay of the double dog 2-0 yesterday. Um, you know, plus twelve fourteen and plus nineteen seventy seven. Uh, I'm just going to pull up a parlay calculator. Doing everything on air, just like you're not supposed to do, right? Doing math on air. Parlay calculator. Let's see. Would have paid out like two hundred and seventy-one to one on the double two zero yesterday. That's bananas. So, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But you know, that's that's the LPL. Now, the funny thing about that is that, like, watch, we won't get another one of these the rest of the season. But hey, whatever. That was fun while it lasted, right? And moving on to the Wednesday slate, we have the LCK back in action and two matches in the LPL for four altogether. Should be an interesting DFS slate, actually. I haven't looked at the pricing for this, but. Kind of cool. Um, LCK first, week five, day one. We have T1 minus a bajillion. No, it's the Pinnacle's got minus 3,033, minus 1.5 maps at minus 600 against Nongshim Red Force, plus 1452 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at plus 427, minus 1.5 is at uh, plus 2843, uh, almost, you know, 28 and a half to one there. Uh, T1 have actually, so T1 have not actually been good against the kill spread. They're only seven and 10 against kill spread as favorites this season. And that's with an average kill spread of 7.63. Um, Nongshim, you know, looked really, really good against Brion the other day. But it's Brion. And Nongshim have looked pretty good against these lethargic early game teams. And let me tell you something. T1 are not a lethargic early game team. Um, this is a pretty clean... I don't know. This is a pretty clean handicap. Like, this is a dog or pass... If you if you want to get involved with Nongshim, go for it. I would play the kill spreads if I was going to do it. Um, you can get plus ten and a half or plus nine and a half or I think it's plus ten and a half, close to even money, if I remember correctly. Um, if you like Nongshim, you can play them that way. I think there's a good chance that they can jump. I don't know, not a good chance. I think if they're going to win these games, they're going to jump out early, like they've been. Like every time Nongshim wins a game, it's usually because they just jump out to an early lead and close pretty efficiently. Um, they actually have a pretty decent closing rate. Um, they don't get leads very often, but uh, it's not really a good closing rate, but it's good enough for a, a bad team. But, you know, they win about 60% of the games they get ahead early. So if you think they jump out on T1, by all means. But, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to jump out on T1. What I do think, however, um, what we've we've kind of seen some screwing around from T1, like old school G2 style, where, to be honest, they're kind of clowning around. Like the Ezreal support in the last series was I mean maybe Carrier had some weird thing in mind I don't know but this seemed like clowning around to me T1 are kind of playing with their food and limit testing now in these kind of spots I absolutely love kill total overs and Nongshim in their losses 
have actually been kind of an over team in losses. Um, generally speaking, they aren't. But I think I, I kind of like alt overs in this one. If T1 are going to start clowning around, and I mean, they're averaging almost 25 combined kills a game anyway. They're averaging 0.855 kills per minute um, or combined kills per minute. I like the over 24 and a half at plus 149 for one unit on maps one and map maps one and two. So I played one unit each on plus 149 over 24 and a half kills. Um, wouldn't mess with the side in this. If you're going to play anything, I'd play like map two Nongshim kill spread. Um, next up, we have a very interesting one. We have KT Rolster plus 134 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 223, minus 1.5 at plus 369. Against Hama Life Esports, minus 163 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 180, plus 1.5 at minus 1 or minus 503. Um, by the numbers, uh, I mean, if you look at Hama, like Hama look like a better team. Um, their economy is significantly better, but as I've talked about with KT Rolster, um, their numbers are a little bit like skewed to the the margins, right? Like they're either very, very good or very, very bad. They don't have a lot of game grades that are landing, you know, in the median area. Um, so when you're looking at these averages and adjusted approaches for all like adjusted statistics for them, you have to keep in mind that it's almost never there. It's it's either significantly above that or significantly below significantly below that. AT have covered the map spread all three times they've been underdogs this season. Um Hamwa, however, are five and one against the map spread when they're favorites this season. We know the general premise here with Hanwa being, you know, when they're better than the other team, they are a bet on, regard almost regardless of price. Uh, KT definitely more of a variance team. Now I've discussed this before, but you know, generally with KT, you want to back high variance teams like that as big underdogs and fade them as big favorites because they're inconsist of their inconsistencies. Like you want to make variance work for you, in in these kind of pri- in this kind of price range where you know they're a short dog, I don't like them nearly as much. Like this this price is essentially saying, and because of what we know about Hamwa, if you can beat Hamwa, if you can play clean League of Legends, you will beat Hamwa Life Esports. So you have to look at KT's money line price as. How likely is it? Do you think that KT Rollster are to play two clean games of League of Legends in a row? And is it more than four, around 43% of the time? Because I think a plus 134, I think, is like 42.5%, 42.6%, something like that. I forget off the top of my head. I'm just guessing. But I think it's around there. Do you think they can play two clean games of League of Legends more than that? If you do, then you know bet the KT money line. I think if you like KT, you're better off playing the plus 1.5 maps at minus 223. You know, Don't stake up on that because I think it's very possible that they just – you know, don't play two two clean games. This team has been wildly inconsistent this season. So, um, I don't know when they win, they look good, but when they don't, they look terrible. So it's a lot of this is up to your qualitative analysis of these two teams. You know, I, I'm. It should say something to you guys that I'm not. I'm not taking any side in this. I have no plays in this match, but it should say something to you that I'm like the Hanwa hater, and I'm not backing. You know, I'm not backing KT here. So. I don't know. I, I just think it's like close enough. Like there, this is probably just going to be a two-one Hamwa win. Like if you wanted to play that, like don't the the exacta props are usually terribly priced. Like ninety-nine percent of the time they are. So don't don't be playing those. I think it's probably a two-one, but like there's enough of a tail risk situation with KT that I don't want to get involved with them here either. And the upside and the upside is just not good enough. So 
plays in Hamwa KT for me, I would lean Hamwa Moneyline if you made me play anything. LPO, we've got Ultra Prime plus 467 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at plus 147, minus 1.5 at plus 1143 against Weibo Gaming, minus 669 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at minus 180. 180, you darts fans out there. So Weibo have been getting the job done as favorites. They're 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the map spread. Um, but I got to say, like, the actual games involved there have been ugly as sin, like just ugly, like terrible. They almost lost to TT. They probably should have lost 0-2 to TT, honestly. Um, didn't look great in a couple of their other matches. And their average uh, price is favorite. Their average money line price is favorites has been minus 208. So not exactly a um, like this is this is significantly larger than you know they've been priced. Obviously they've played against some better teams in Ultra Prime, but we'll get to that in a second. Ultra Prime, as, as dogs, have gone 4-2 and two against the map spread, despite going 1-5 and five straight up. Um, if you look at, like, the, the uh, tail of the tape for these two teams, it's surprisingly not that different. Um, you know, I, I should mention that, like, Weibo have faced a much tougher schedule. Like, right before the break, they played uh, LNG, RNG, and Top Esports right in a row. Now, Ultra Prime haven't had a cakewalk either. Their most recent four were RNG, FPX, AL, and then they lost to Ninjas in Pajamas 2-1 to one this week. Um, not a cakewalk, but a pretty big difference in overall quality. Um, no easy matches there for Weibo, so keep that in mind when looking at this data because it factors that in more heavily. Uh, to me, like this is just an eye test thing. Like, we have a couple things going on. One, Weibo just haven't actually like looked good Like watching them. They haven't looked clean. They're very sloppy. It looks like they're kind of shaking the rust off or getting used to this new lineup, a little bit of everything. Um, they're kind of playing like the slow, grinded-out, like problem-solve kind of game. Uh, they haven't been all that methodical or clean. So when, you're, when you have a team that's playing for mid and late game and assuming that they'll problem-solve their way out of a situation and their mid and late game macro isn't all that clean yet. That's kind of concerning and leans itself towards games with a lot of parity. So you want to play kill spreads against teams like that. The other thing is the same dynamic we've been talking about. We have big favorites coming off of the, off of the break here. This is going to be their first game out of the break. So, um, yeah, I, I like ultra prime here. Ultra prime looked a little feisty against ninjas and pajamas who I think might be better or on a similar level to Weibo. I think this price is just way too big. Um, Models made this a lot closer, you know, even with a qualitative bump to like the good team versus bad team angle here. Like at at worst, this should probably be like Weibo minus two fifty, maybe. And it's they're almost minus seven hundred. Like get out of here. This is too much. I'm gonna play uh, ultra prime kill spreads here. I, I have a feeling like they, you could still see the LPL thing where like a bad team gets ahead and just bungles it. But I like kill spreads in those situations. It's kind of like. I mean, that's exactly what happened in FPX. It's just that the game state went the worst possible direction it could have gone to lose that bet today, but that was looking very good as well. I played Ultra Prime, plus 9.5 kills, minus 127 for one unit on map 1, and map 2, Ultra Prime, plus 9.5 kills at minus 116 for one unit. I also put a tenth of a unit on the money line at plus 467 for 0.1 units. Right now, the market makers don't have the um, the most of the derivative plays up for this one, I'm going to love neutral objectives over whenever they post those, as long as the numbers aren't ridiculous, like over 12 and a half towers, over 12 and a half barons, or over one and a half barons, etc. Um, Weibo have been a neutral over Darling team this season. Um, you know, almost 55% of their games are going over 12 and a half towers, which is obscene because the league average is like 30%, 28, 30%. 
um, they've just been playing these longer drawn out games and they, you know, they play patient, they play like they're going to turn the corner and then they often don't. And the games turn into these complete clown fiestas. They've not been a great early game team. So I like, I like neutral objectives over whenever they're posted. Uh, I will post an update to the Patreon for subscribers when, um, those get posted. If I play any of them next up, we have RNG plus 290 on the money line. Uh, against top esports minus three eighty on the money line. Oh, RNG plus two ninety uh, plus one point five map one point five mass at minus one sixteen minus one point five at plus seven fifteen. Top minus three eighty on the money line minus one point five maps at minus one hundred four plus one point five at minus eleven forty eight. Uh, interestingly, um, and keep this in mind for DFS players, uh, RNG are starting LP at eighty carry for this match. Uh, kind of a weird, interesting spot to use a substitution, but we've seen LP before. LP is good. Not great, but he's good. Um, he's better, much better than serviceable. He's like an above-average carry. So um, I would not change your handicap all that much based on that. Generally speaking, um, again, we have another situation here where situation, big favorite coming off the break. Those have not fared well. RNG also have side choice for this map. I meant, I meant to mention that for the last match too. Ultra Prime also have side choice, so another reason I like the dogs there. Um, RNG have side choice for this map, uh, for this match. Um, you know, top esports have been like excellent. Um, similar to BLG, they've had world class numbers. Like, you know, the Ragnostic economy numbers are approaching 2020 Damwon levels, which is like very, very impressive. It's still very early on, but you know, that's not to be trifled with. Uh, kind of what has made top esports and sort of like BLG, um, the clear head and shoulders above everybody else so far. I mean, obviously that went out the window a little bit this morning, but so far what's made them the difference that has worked out well for them is that they've actually been significantly good early game teams. Like they've, they've been able to build out significant advantages in the first 15 minutes, almost every game in a meta game where even other good teams are struggling to do that is a huge advantage. Okay. So like everyone, if even good teams are struggling to get huge leads early and these teams are consistently doing that, that's just going to give them a leg up on the whole field. Now, with that in mind, RNG have been one of the best-of-the-rest level early games. Um, the early game's been pretty good. Not explosive like Top and BLG, but it's been pretty good. Um, and I think in general, like, they've carried a lead in, at, like into 20 minutes, even if it's not a significant lead, in two-thirds of their games. I think it's pretty obvious that Top have been the better team so far this season. But again, this is like a bad spot, right? Like, RNG have side choice. This is coming off of the break. This is Top Esports' first match off the break. They're a big favorite. Even without those things factored in, like with those, like right now, the model actually makes Top slightly like bigger favorites than the market price by a few percent. But like all the qualitative factors playing in here, I, I think RNG are probably worth a play. So I played RNG plus 1.5 maps at minus 116 for one unit. RNG on the money line plus 290 for 0.2 units. And RNG minus 1.5 maps at plus 715 for 0.1 units. Just think, like, it's a situational spot. Like, it's a bad situation for top. I mean, there's a chance they just steamroll this like they've been steamrolling everybody. And this goes against, you know, what I thought. But I think I like the underdogs in this spot. Plus, I, I'm just generally optimistic about RNG in general. I, I actually think they have a better mid-jungle combo in this match. And... Ming is one of the only supports that can hang with Ming. Uh, Ming and Mako are the two best supports of all time, so they kind of cancel each other out here. Um, plus, I think like we're kind of due for like one of those Jackie Love donk off moments that we haven't seen yet this season. So I don't know. We'll see.
think I think the price is the price is right to take a shot on RNG here. So not that I think they're a better team than top, but the price is right. So that's going to be it for me. I will be back tomorrow with uh, Thursday slate. Good luck and have fun.